Hello everyone, welcome to 4630, myself James Yolston and also here is Stephen the Marshall. Um, you excited you're about to go on tour? I think I'm on, already on tour. Oh. I, I think I'm on tour at the moment. <laughs> by the time this we've finished... By the time this comes out, yeah, yeah, I think I'm on tour. I may have even finished. Thanks for coming if you came to the shows. Sorry about what happened last night. Oh, that was embarrassing, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, that was, uh, I wasn't very discreet. Do you want to play a song then? Yeah, um, uh, start with um, an album. So I think when I was a teenager, young teenager, the first old man music that I started listening to or that I liked was Van Morrison. And it was all the 70s albums, 60s and 70s albums and Astral Weeks and all that kind of stuff. Um, but this year I bought the Common One album in an Oxfam. Okay, so when did this come out, Common One? It's 1980, it's quite a kind of late period, and it's... Um, so when, when when do people think of his prime period, when he was doing the good stuff? He released an incredible album every year through the 70s. Okay. So it, it was like 10 albums before he turned 30. Right, okay. Of of really and very high quality. And that was all quality. in the 70s? Yeah, very high quality music over that period. And then um, this is just after he's... he's just after he turned 30 and he this was all kind of inspired by um england okay and going to england and then it was recorded in the south of france and it was done with um uh kind of new age jazz musicians people like herbie armstrong but this guy mark isham who's the trumpet and flugelhorn guy was really influential in it. but Pee Wee ellis is on it i mean okay. it's you know okay we'll give it give it a go high quality musicians give it a go uh and this is the first song from it it's called haunts of ancient peace Rest and sleep 
I'm not set up yet. That's alright, we can talk about the ones we just played. Oh, that's a good idea. So is, is Van Morrison your man then? I do, uh, yeah, I really do like um, Van Morrison. And, and this year I've kind of kind of rediscovered uh, records that I had and then records that I didn't have by Van Morrison that I think are really good. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I think I must be getting old because I didn't hate that. No, Which, but uh, that you've always hated Van Morrison because you've always had people comparing you to Van Morrison, <laughs> and, and people who have never heard your music or Airlines. Van Morrison's. <laughs> um, no, I mean the re- the main reason I well, there's two main reasons why I've had a long-standing distrust of Van Morrison. One is I used to spend a lot of time in Ireland, and it was very he was very popular down there, and at the time he just released an album, which had the incredible lyric, "I'm a songwriter." I do it for a living, <laughs> and it was just being played in all the bars and all the. Yeah. And I must have heard that album by osmosis maybe twenty times, and, and I thought it was awful. Yeah, and I don't then, even know what that is, but that doesn't surprise me that he would have used that lyric. And then the other he thing was had such a disregard for um, the the business of being like the music industry. He hates it so much, and it's like he 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 just does it. To, he does it just to earn a living. And he hates, and so he just churns things out for that, you know. Right, and the other reason, sorry, I did listen to that, although it sounded as though I didn't listen to it, <laughs> um, was uh, I used to live in Rose Street in Edinburgh, and yeah. there was a busker, and he used to play that Moon Dance and the Brown Eyed Girl, oh, yeah, just yeah. pretty much on rotation. That and Bye Bye American Pie, just yeah. on rotation, you know. Yeah. Because they were the ones that bought the money, I suppose. Um, so that's why I kind of uh, fell out with Van Morrison. No, but I think that's then Pete Feeds gave me a copy of Eden Fleece, and uh, and begrudgingly I listened to it and I really enjoyed it. So, and now when I hear my more, actually I quite like his stuff about. Uh, the anti-vax stuff and all, all his political stuff. <laughs> he sounds, he sounds, he sounds like really like a deranged uncle. Yeah, you know he's what I mean. Really, he's really still really angry. He's angry because when he was sixteen, and he wrote Gloria. Yeah, yeah. And he wanted to be in. He, he wanted to be in a real R and B beat group. Like he wanted them to be a rough. Yeah. Playing clubs, and that's that was how, and that was the and the kind of music that he loved that he'd grown up with. Although he hadn't really grown up at that point. Yeah. yeah. You know, but that. And then they went to London and they tried to make up a pop star. And his anger at that that one, the thing that happened then, and then um, he wrote Brown Eyed Girl. And then, so he went to America and they tried to make up a pop star in America. He got so angry when he wrote, wrote hit songs. Yeah, you've said this before, that now he just puts one pop one on yeah. each one and the rest oh, is right. just... We've talked about this, Yeah, yeah we ah. must have talked about it before. Yeah, we must have. <laughs> Did I ever say that? You know that he released an album which was to break, get out of a contract or something like that, and it's just full yeah, of like just yes, very short sort of weird things. I don't know if we had this conversation on the podcast though. We've I, definitely had the conversation. Oh man, maybe we should let's talk about something else. Frazee Ford, I played her afterwards. Frazee Ford, you like her, don't you? Yes, I yes. really like that. So and she was touring the UK, and I, I wish I'd known because I would have brought her into this part of the UK, aka Scotland. I would have tried to put her on somewhere because mm. I'm a fan of hers although i don't know her music as well as yours what were you saying about about her uh just that the i think maybe the album before that there's a there's a song called september fields that was kind of like a i think it was the single but the this the lp doesn't have the acoustic version of it which is only on the cd and it's an amazing version of it it's really really good but um i think the first song of hers i heard was one called the kids are having none of it yes that's on that album is it not no no i don't think so it's not in this one that I, w- it's, I just played. It's quite recent. This one is called uh, You Can Be The Sun. Okay, oh, so right. kids... I only just read that out loud. <laughs> and you Can Be The Sun, I would say. You Can Be The Sun. I was, I just, I didn't know what that meant. But I was kids, kids are having none of it. It must be from that one before that. September feels the one before that. Yeah, well, who knows? Anyway, and uh, there's another great one of hers, uh, but I can't remember off the top of my head what it is. She was in a band. She's in the Big Tanias, I think, That's for a while. Yes, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, anyway, uh, uh, thoroughly enjoyed that. Thoroughly enjoyed it. So, what have you got there? What's lined up? Um, well, you know how last podcast we I played some um, songs from albums of the year. Are yes. you going to play anything from other? Oh, uh, yes. Okay. So, uh, January started with one of my favorite albums of the year, and it was Wide Wide River. Um, and my favorite song, I was telling you, is There Is No Upside. 
There is no upside. Yeah, yeah. There is no upside. Yeah, uh, yeah something yeah. like that. Um. Anyway, so for most of the year, that's been my favorite album. Whitney K came in as well in the like is in the top albums and the Sons of Kemet. But the final this this has just been just come out this month and this is now my favorite album of the year. Okay. And it's Cleo Sol and it's produced by Inflow who is um her partner and it's on his record label Forever Living Originals. And um she's the vocalist on that band in that band Salt. Um and this is a song she, this is basically about motherhood. Um, actually, so I haven't found the song yet. Okay, well, I'll, I'll play one before then. Okay. Uh, the Second Hand Orchestra, I did a record with the Second Hand Orchestra earlier this year, and I've just recorded a new one, in fact. And in January next year, 2022, they are releasing an album called The Second Hand Orchestra Reimagining the Wide, Wide River. And it's their versions of songs from... Uh, the Wide Wide River, which was the album I did with them in, uh, which came out in January 2021. So, the one that um, Stephen asked to hear was "There Is No Upside," which they've called "There Is No Upside, No Downside Either." So this is the Second Hand Orchestra with that. Hang on, it'll just take me a while to. Oh look, perfect. Here we go. Well done.
Hopelessly fighting to escape your mind And nobody can help you In this foreign land Where loneliness can keep you So this is a very sort of down-tempo uh, podcast at the moment yeah. uh, of popular music. This is all quite poppy, isn't it? Yeah, it is. That, that song, I feel like that could have been uh, on our Roy Ayers album in the late 70s. Um, but it, it, the, this, this one really kind of stands up to repeated listening. Yeah, you, might, yeah. you might kind of drift through it at the beginning. Yeah, yeah. But when you start listening to the production on it and the oh, drums... no, 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 no. As soon as you start saying, start listening to the production or something, no. you're in Steely Dan territory. You're, ba- you're basically, <laughs> no, you are. You're basically saying, look, and I'm not saying this about this record because I've never heard, that's the first song I heard I thought was good. Yeah. So I'm not saying this about that record. 
But as soon as you start listening to albums because of the sound of the snare drum or something, but I do you're in really dodgy territory. Yeah, that's one of the things that I like. Well, you'll like Steely Dan then. No, yeah, I don't like Steely you Dan. Like Van Morrison, you like listening to yeah, I know snare drum. Do you know sounds. the f- funny thing is? I mean, I am somebody who has read a lot of Mojo magazines. Oh yeah, and that Mojo Top 100 albums that came out in 1994 or 95, yeah, and they had Countdown to Ecstasy at number 13. What is that? Steely Dan. Okay. Their like second album, I think. okay. First album, maybe the second album. Uh, anyway, from about 1973, and um, they had Aja or Aja or something was a was in the near the 99s. I've investigated what's Steely Aja Dan or Aja. What's that? Like a Steely Dan album. All oh, right, okay. A later period one. All oh, right, okay. Don't claim you haven't listened to Steely Dan. No, 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 no. Donald no, no, Fagan, no. The Night Fly was in there. These are all things that they yeah, said yeah, were some yeah, of the greatest yeah. albums ever. You know, made. the the problem I had, them. the problem I had was the hundred, the album, hundred best albums ever. It's subjective, you know. Yeah. I mean, so it's just nonsense. No, but it's okay because you're just you're reading that magazine's opinion about the about oh, the best albums. I know, I know, but it's not, you know. It's not real. No, but because they've never listened to so, Bobby Humphrey, Blacks, Blacks and Blues, or that Judy Sill record, or yeah, it's a whole bunch of records that shouldn't that would be in a. So why why did that annoy you? Because you you mentioned that that particular list annoyed you. So are they still in the list? Those no. So you see, with those lists, yeah. When new albums come in, do do they do they get updated? But do the rest of the list just kind of shunt down one place, yeah. or do they all shuffle around? Well. Q in 1996 or 7 or whenever it was did their 100 greatest albums all yeah, time yeah. and they put Radiohead OK Computer at number 1 Okay, and it only come out that year well maybe it was the greatest record of all time but they've then since done done it and it's gone down alright so what's gone to number 1 I don't know what is now Oasis probably that probably is the greatest album of all time no it's usually on these lists or status quo one of the early status quo records Pictures of Matchstick Men. Yeah, well, that was only one. That wasn't their. That was their first hit, but it. What didn't really do, didn't really have the sound. You know. You no, know. No, I mean? the rocking all over the world. Yeah, yeah. It didn't yeah. have the. No, no. Between between those two great periods, there was a better period. But I think they were called the. Was it the Frantic Four? I don't know. Oh, the Fearsome Four, maybe the Fearsome Four, and that was the. And that was when I had songs like <laughs> Down Down. Oh yeah. Away, down, down, away, get down. down. Away and away and get down. I mean, that should be top top three albums ever. Well, the albums that are always in that list yeah, are yeah. Uh, Pet Sounds. I like Pet Sounds. Almost as good as Fifth Column. That's the thing about. That's what they say about. That's what they say about Pet, That's sounds. They say about pet yeah. sounds. Almost what Fifth Column could have been if they'd got it wrong. That's what they say. Um, no, in real life, I, th- I I think Pet Sounds is better than Fifth Column. Quite often, Revolver. Is up there. Right, I don't know that. It's by a little known group. Oh, I know who it's by. It's by the Beatles. Astro Weeks is quite often up there. Okay, I don't know that. Forever Changes. I know I know who did those records. Yeah. I'm just saying I don't know them. Uh, the Velvet Underground Nico album. Forever Changes is by Love. Yeah. I've heard that a few times. That's yeah. okay. All those albums are I don't there. like the Velvet Underground and Nico album. Do you know? No. I mean, I have to say, I love all of those albums. I mean, I think they're all absolutely incredible. And I, I've listened to all of them lots of times. We've spoken about this. We must have. And I, I, I don't... I'm I like their Run, Run, Run song. Don't you know you better? Run, 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 that one. Yeah. Um, I just don't like the production on it. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Good songs, man. But there's something about the mix of it, which is just too, uh, too much for my delicate ears. Have you heard that um, that second album that they did, that White Light, White Heat album? Yeah, of course. That's possibly my favourite Velvet Underground album. And that song, that, it's got a woman's name in it. That's an amazing song. I can't remember the name of it. That's Sister Ray? No, it's not Sister Ray. It's a short song, and then Lou Reed starts trying to kind of ruin it over the end. Like oh, Lady Godiva's Operation? That's it, Yes. I think that's one of the one of the best things. The bit where he says, um, uh, "Listen, what he's talking about is John Cale is kind of singing, and John Cale's kind of yeah. doing his thing." Yeah. And then every now and then, Lou Reed, he's <laughs> obviously punched in a vocal thing, <laughs> and there's one amazing bit where he goes, 
swiftly pump air. <laughs> <laughs> it's, too, it's too loud. It's not quite in tune, and it doesn't sound anything like the John Cale thing. But that's brilliant. That's brilliant. That's not my favorite song of theirs. I think that that album is probably my favorite just because of those two songs. Um, no, there's White Light, of course, which is great, uh-huh. and there's Here She Comes now. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. And there's I Heard Her Call My Name, which I think is an incredible bit of music. I think um, I was just trying to think of bands that I've listened to more than Velvet Underground, and there won't be many. I think I spent a lot. I spent a lot of time listening to them, and a lot of time listening to Beach Boys, and Do those you, are probably the two two band. Actually, you know, like be, bands of group of people, group <laughs> musical groups. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, you know, this is changing what I'm going to play because there's a band um, called Faust. Do you know Faust? Yes, I know that the, you. They once tried to support you at Summerhall. Uh, no, I supported them, and um, they're a German band from the seventies. And they had a they had a track called um, "Knocking Tans" that we covered. We did. We didn't cover. We we named the track in honor of their "Knocking Tans." Um, and Mir- Miracle Head, you mean? Uh, no, uh, Yorks and Thong Khan. Ah, okay. And I I would say that "Knocking Tans" is possibly my favorite ever piece of music. Now, imagine my delight when recently um, it was announced that they were releasing a new album called Punked. And on this new album called Punked, there was a version of this Knockin' Tans. Oh. And I thought it was just going to be the same old one, but it's uh, it's not. It's... uh, it's basically there's two different mixes of uh, of this track called um, Knocking Tans, and I'm actually going to play. You're going to play something now, is that right? Uh, I'll play it whenever you want me to play. But if you're well, ready. since I'm talking about this this Faust thing, I'm going to play it. Yeah, I think it's a great bit of music, and um, if like me you love Faust, then it might be very exciting. And if you don't love Faust, you might find it a bit irritating. But this is Faust with Knocking Tans from their new album Punked.
you told me it was Captain Beefheart. Yeah. Um, yeah, that I think that's... Uh, I don't know. It's from the album Clear Spot, which is 1972. Uh, but that's a single. Um, I don't think I've ever even listened to the other side. But, yeah. I thought it was, I thought it was good. Uh, you said you're not a fan of Captain Beefheart in general? I think that is the only song that I've ever heard where I thought he actually sounded genuine. And the first time I heard that song, it made me cry. It's interesting. I think it's incredibly romantic, but I, most of his stuff, I think, uh, is quite irritating. Interesting you said that because, uh, and then you, when we were talking off air, you compared him to Tom Waits where he put on that growly thing. Yeah. But he was one of the artists that really put me off Tom Waits. I was, I was given the... Who Beefheart was? I, I was given a cassette of um, Tom Waits on one side and, and Beefheart on the other. And it was a new uh, Tom Waits one. It was the first one he did for Epitaph. 
And I was thinking, oh, God, this is sounding a bit Tom Waits by numbers. And then when I heard the beef out on the other side, I was just like, oh, well, this is... That's why. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> well, I, I just felt this is more... It just feels more light and more original and more kind of, I don't know, full of energy. And then before then, we played the Faust track, which uh, the reason... Um, I don't imagine many of you are listening to this now. I don't imagine many well, you of you were got past to, the You Faust were trying track. to finish us off, weren't you? Well... The original version of that is, as I said, was one of my favorite pieces of music. Mm. But it's almost as though it's called Knockin' Tans. But it's almost as though that that was that version we just played there was the unremixed version. If you see what I mean, it had none of the sort of depth and excitement of the original. Um, it was interesting, but everything was turned up to ten. You know, there was no light and shadow. Whereas on the original piece, it's a it's a it's a it's a great piece of music. Is that? How do you spell knockin'? Knockin' tans. Yeah, how do you spell knockin'? K-N-O-C-H-E-N-T-A-N-Z. Okay. Knockin' tans. By Faust. And not knockin' tans by Yorks and Thorn That's what's confusing the internet. That's why I can't find it. Um, I think we should stop this podcast... And I think we should try and get another one recorded when I get back from tour for a Christmas special. That's a great idea. Oh, but wait a minute. Should I? Should, you mean like songs of the year? Oh no, you've already, already, done already that. been. I could not. We can just say Merry Christmas at the end of it. Yeah. Um, okay. I'll drink some. I'll drink some um, uh, wine. You can drink some wine. Yeah. I'll, in fact, I'll drink some wine and get the bus back. Okay. Or I can give you a lift back. Um, all right. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for listening. Um, that's the end. Let's just say goodbye. You say goodbye, Stephen. Oh, I'm looking. I'm busy trying to find on the internet the first. Okay. Uh, it's from Munich and elsewhere, 1986. Yeah, that's when it was released, but it was recorded in 75, I think. But wait, it's not on that album. It could be called Munich B. That's its pseudonym. Okay. Have you found it? No, I can't find it. Is it. Hmm. Is, is, there's there's Munich A and Munich B and it's called Munich B or Knockin' Tans. Okay. This is the life of the record collector. Okay, good night everyone. Bye-bye. Oh, thank you. Bye.